Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of The Time Blueprint. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Frank Oliver of Oliver Asset Management. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about tax planning. This is the first T in the Time Blueprint name. It's one of the four central components of planning for retirement that Frank and team uh, employ in each and every financial plan. So we're going to break down what tax planning really means, what the Oliver Asset Management team really gets into when it comes to tax planning and conversations about taxes with clients. We're going to dive into that. Plus, we've got a great viewer question from John Anthony. It's also related to taxes. We'll get to that before the show wraps up today as well. All that more coming straight ahead. Stay tuned. Welcome to The Time Blueprint with Frank Oliver of Oliver Asset Management. Here, we break down taxes, income, money, and estate planning, giving you the tools to make informed financial decisions and aim for better retirement outcomes. Your host is financial advisor, Frank Oliver, the president and founder of Oliver Asset Management. He's the author of Your Time Is Now, sharing the essentials you need to know to craft a comprehensive and customized retirement plan. Dive in with us as we offer clear strategies and straightforward advice, all designed to empower you in your financial journey. Welcome to The Time Blueprint. Well, Frank, it is great to be with you once again. I'm looking Thank forward you. to talking taxes with you. But first of all, what's going on in your life? How are things? Weekend was good. Uh, you know, just spent a little time uh, relaxing around the house. We got 35 acres, so just out there taking care of the property, being a rancher on the weekends, so rancher. So nice. that's fun. Yeah. Did a little flying lesson today, so went up in the air, flew out of Erie Airport. So that was a lot of fun. So came back and now I'm just hanging out with my buddy Walter here. Uh, another pilot that I know always says something. Is it something like uh, always make sh- keep the white side of the plane? Uh, you know, keep the belly of the plane <laughs> facing the, the plane ground, facing something down, like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, my buddy's an aerobatic pilot, so oh, that doesn't so always hold true. Doesn't apply. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get to know. You haven't gotten quite to that level. I'm I don't guessing. know if I want to. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, do you have the desire to go I upside down? I don't know if down? I want to. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty good doing what I do. Maybe yeah, not. I just got to stay in my lane. As you learn, and then we'll get into taxes today. Do they make you like? Do they push you out? I'm imagining to learn. They push you outside your comfort zone, or you may constantly. So yeah, is, yeah. What's, what's kind of the, and not saying the scariest moment you've had as a pilot mm-hmm. or anything, but like what's maybe something that was really challenging that they were kind of pushing you to recover from or figure out? Yeah. So there's a maneuver known as a, a stall. So you have a power yeah. on stall and a power off That sounds stall. bad. Yeah. It's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. And the first one, it, it, it feels bad, right? Yeah. So what they do is they literally make you uh, push your plane to its limits, climbing as steep as you can until the plane falls backwards. When the plane starts to fall backwards and the wings lose lift, that's called a stall. And you got a stall horn that's just screaming at you. And all of a sudden, as that plane starts to buffer and fall back, immediately you have to recover that plane. So you go full power, you push the nose down, and you get out of it really quick. And it's supposed to help you save the plane if you are taking off incorrectly. Interesting. Yeah. The other one that is actually a lot of fun is – uh, engine failure maneuver. Okay. Yeah, where you literally pull the power from the plane and you float in the air until you find. So you, le- you turn it into a glider and. Yep. Okay. Yep. And you look uh, out here. We look for a cornfield, and we'll just find a field, and you know, look to plane put the plane down on yeah. the field. You don't actually so. put the plane down in the field in the practice, right? Well, no, you don't during the maneuver. But uh, yeah, I'll show the story with you. you take sometime. it all the there way. There was up one to it. that I I almost <laughs> had to put it down, but wow. uh, yeah, wow. so yeah, good experience. Amazing. Yes. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, We're gonna absolutely. have to work in some more plane stories sure. as we go through yeah, the podcast. Yeah. But I don't want to keep people waiting. So let's dive into taxes today. Yeah. So there's a reason this is one of the most important things in the planning process absolutely. for you and the team, right? 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of advisors and just a lot of people in our industry in general uh, miss the tax component of it. Mm. A lot of people focus on growth, growing your money. And obviously that's a very important component to financial planning, but you could grow your money, you know, by an extra two, three, four, five percent by building a very efficient portfolio. But it's tough to make up for a 10, 15, 20 percent tax hit or tax mistake or improper planning maneuver. So mm. it's crucially important to make sure that you're looking at at the tax component of financial planning in addition to making sure your assets are growing efficiently. Very good. Well, yeah. I, I want to dive in by talking a little bit about tax planning and maybe some uh, assumptions that people have about taxes yeah. and how to get ready for them. And I think a lot of people who maybe are new new to the financial planning world, think of tax planning as something you do April 15th every year right. or a few days before yes. that, or much later if you file an extension. Right. Um, but that's really tax filing, right? Tax filing, tax returns. Okay. Yep. Little bit different. So can we explain that key difference between how someone should approach tax filing and tax planning? Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you think of your accountant or your CPA, they're, they're doing the tax prep for you. They're, they're doing the tax filing, as you call it. Um, and that is what takes place, you know, around April 15th. Mm. Um, and I don't think it's anything against, you know, that that's profession, the accounting profession. But they're stacked up with 2,000 returns they got to do. They're doing everything they can to get those returns done. And when they're done, they're, they're, they're exhausted. I don't think that they're geared or maybe the client isn't trained to ask them to look into the future. And when okay. we think about planning, planning's in the future, right? It's not April 15th. I mean, and a lot of people file an extension. So planning is in the future. Where am I going to be at the future? What can I do to help mitigate against excessive taxation on my mm. income in retirement by planning for the future? And that's what we look at. Tax filing by nature is very reactionary, where very reactionary. tax planning, you're trying to be proactive that's about exactly what's coming right. down the pike. Exactly right. Okay. Yes. Most people, I think, assume when you talk to them about taxes and retirement, there's sort of this old assumption uh, that taxes are going to be automatically lower when you get into your retirement <laughs> years. How often are folks right about that these days? Um, well, I can tell you that 85% of my clients are in the same, if not higher tax bracket at retirement as they are when they're working. Certainly not most. So we, I can, cross, I can most, cross most right, out. Yeah, that's a big misnomer. <laughs> that's a huge misnomer. And we hear that all the time and we get that question all the time. So mm. um, we use some very high level, very high end, sophisticated planning technology. And this will calculate somebody's taxes. So we actually know what they'll need from their tax deferred accounts in retirement to produce income. So we can forecast what those taxes will be. And honestly, 85% of my clients are same tax bracket in wow. retirement as they are when they're working. So what's the consequence or the impact if somebody doesn't assume uh, they make that bad assumption, what's the impact if they then go into retirement and they've missed the mark on that piece of the puzzle? Yeah, there's a lot of different tax classifications out there. there are three basic tax classifications. And I don't know if all people are as familiar with those as they should be. Okay. So you got, we, we break it down into buckets because it's super easy. So you get your tax deferred bucket, which is for basic uh, conversation is going to be a 401k or your traditional IRA. Okay? okay. Those are tax deferred. You get a tax deduction when you contribute to those accounts. They grow without any taxation on the growth, but it's deferred. It's not tax free forever. It's deferred, meaning that when you go to take money out of those accounts, it's taxable. Okay. My book that I wrote, I, I explained that I've had some clients that were with other advisors that weren't really as focused on the tax planning component as they should have been. And they never coached these people in doing any tax-free planning, such as a Roth 401k or a Roth IRA or some uh -huh. tax-free life insurance planning or something like that. So at retirement, all they had was tax deferred dollars. Well, and that sounds good because, again, you're supposed to be in a lower tax bracket at retirement. 
It's just not always true. Um, and these particular individuals went and bought a brand new car. They lived up in Estes Park, bought a brand new car. They were really proud of it. They came down to show it off at the office. It's like, that is really beautiful. Uh, SUV for Estes Park, get around in all the snow and everything. Nice. And I was like, and they're like, yeah, we paid cash for the car. Well, they had plenty of money. But they didn't have that much money in their bank account because I know how much money they have. And I'm like, well, where'd you get the money? You didn't have that much in your bank account because they're really astute and they made sure all their money was working for them. They didn't have okay. hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting on the sidelines. Well, they had another IRA with an advisor back east at a place that they taught college. They didn't want to let me know. They didn't want to hurt my feelings. And uh, it was just a small amount of money. He had since retired. They're like, we didn't want to let you know. You work with all of our other assets, but we just cashed in that IRA to buy this car. Gotcha. And I'm like, oh, Oh, that caused issues. And I didn't really want to give them the, you made the big mistake face, right? Mm. So it was hard for me to hold back. So poker face was definitely, I was I was in Vegas at this point, you know, playing the poker go, face. Go back to episode one where we talked about how this is partially about the money and partially about the emotions, right? Absolutely. An, another example of it. Absolutely. I said, well, just, just be prepared around tax time. And they didn't quite understand why. And then- May of next year, they called me. They're like, Frank, we really should have consulted with you first. So they bought a fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollar car. I think it cost them almost twenty grand in taxes. Wow! So yeah. it was twenty percent of that purchase was taxes because they pulled it all out of their IRA, and it actually put them up in an extremely high tax bracket because they had huge pensions. They're taking okay. required minimum distributions, they had Social Security benefits, and that extra sixty, seventy, eighty grand mm -hmm. put them into. I think back then it was a thirty-five percent tax bracket. Wow! So. That's you figure a, out a hundred thousand dollar purchase. That's thirty five thousand dollars. Cascading effects. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah. big. So, so we got to strategically maybe make big purchases. Yep. We've got to strategically think about when and how we're withdrawing money from all these different accounts. Right. You can you can kind of pull different levers the way that it yep. fits into the rest of the plan, but makes the most tax sense. Yeah. So again, look at it as the buckets. You know, so you get your tax deferred bucket that we just discussed, IRA, four hundred one k. Then you got your taxable bucket, which is more of an individual brokerage account. Okay. Maybe that's your tax at a capital gains rate, which is entirely different than an ordinary income tax rate. Okay. Then you have your tax-free bucket, which is a Roth IRA, Roth 401k, or cash value life insurance. And people are really negligent, I think, in a lot of oh, a lot of times, and it's not their fault, but they're not educated properly on putting enough money in that tax-free bucket. Okay. I think the reason for that is it's the instant gratification of contributing to that tax-deferred account because you're saving money that you're in taxes. But you have no control over your taxes in the future. Zero. And if you have to purchase a car, you want to purchase a timeshare, you want to... You know, I don't know if that was the best example from an investment yeah. standpoint, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, an RV or whatever it is, and you want to pay cash for it, even yeah. a sizable down payment on a condo somewhere. If it's all coming out of an IRA slash 401k, um, it's, yeah, it's going to be painful. It's going to be consequences. Right. Exactly. Yep. So for those who are still working, are there any strategies that they can employ to set themselves up better for their tax future? Yeah, definitely talk to the plan administrator and see if they offer a Roth uh, 401k option. Okay. If they don't, you know, we can definitely help them out on a, on a Roth IRA here at the office. Just got to make sure the contribution limits, make sure that of the income, there's income limitations of IRAs versus Roth 401ks on that contribution amount. Um, okay. Very easy to do. Um, and we look at it from a, a you know, I don't want to get too, compli too complicated on this, but we look at it from a tax standpoint now versus in the future. And you know, if they're going to be in the same tax position they are in the future as they are now, it makes sense, I think, to, to start doing some some tax-free planning. 
yeah. right now. But it really depends on where you're at from a tax bracket perspective today versus where you're going to be at the future. And that's how we make those decisions for people. So if somebody's working today, I know you can't give specific advice until you look at somebody's specific situation, right. but would you say that most people, a little bit of Roth, a little bit of traditional type mm -hmm. investments ends up being a pretty good mix for most people? Like you, you kind of want to have a little bit of exposure in both areas? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, and if I find somebody that's in a, you know, a 32% tax bracket right now, it's a tough recommendation for me to to have them put money into a Roth because they're losing 32% on that deduction because you don't get a tax deduction for putting it into the Roth. So I, sometimes I have to take it a step further mm. and look at it from a different dynamic from the money dynamic that I always look at it from. Yeah. I always start with math first. You know, if you're 60, 65 years old and you don't have any money in a tax-free bucket, do you really have control over your money? Do you really have ultimate control over your money or does the IRS control a third of your money? Mm. And they very well may control a third of your money. So maybe it's worth giving up a little tax savings today on that deduction, paying it forward a little bit so you can have some financial control and tax control over your future um, in the future. Well, you led me right so. to my next question. You mentioned the word control. And I think that you know, it's good for people to realize that you can uh, you can actually maintain control of your money. And I know this gets us a little bit into the estate planning sure. world, perhaps, but I think we can dance in there for a moment. Yeah. Uh, you can maintain control of your money even after you've passed away, but it wraps very heavily into this tax conversation. Can you explain totally. a little bit how that works? Yeah, and I think there's another component of the, of the Roth conversation that we try to have with our clients is not only do you have tax control for yourself, but I look at it as a two or three life or two or three generation planning technique. Mm -hmm. Not only is it tax-free for you when you need it, but if you predecease your spouse and you're the breadwinner, all of those assets are tax-free for her. Something people don't realize is when you're married filing joint versus filing single, you can't earn as much income filing single. So if that spouse has to take, if she receives your pension, she has to take your required distributions, she needs almost the same amount of money to live. The only thing that she doesn't have to pay for is your food, right? Okay. So literally 80% of her budget is going to be the same. She could be in a higher tax bracket with the same amount of income. She can go from a 12 to 22 to 24 to 28% tax bracket oh. with the same exact amount of income because she went from married filing joint to filing single. If that money's in a Roth, in a tax-free position – it's not going to impact her tax bracket yeah. when she goes to filing single. Additionally, again, unfortunately, when spouses pass away and the funds transfer to their, their heirs, uh, there's no taxes on that wealth transfer. Wow. And it works much better in an estate plan, which is the E in time. Okay, yeah. very good. That's yeah. helpful. Well, since we're talking about taxes, one other thing is required minimum distributions. Right. The rules have been changing uh, regarding those over the last couple of years. And Ever I guess that'd be the last point of this tax piece and why it's right. so important part of the time blueprint. Tax rules, regulations, rates, uh, they're always changing. And so you're staying on top of that for your clients too. Absolutely, you have to. And uh, the Trump administration changed the tax code they brought in the SECURE Act, and then they redid it a couple times with the, the current administration. They call it the SECURE Act 2.0. That's right. Yep. And what that's done is changed all the ages on, on RMDs, required distributions, which is the, um, the amount of money that you have to take out of your tax-deferred account at a mm -hmm. certain age. And it used to be really easy to tell people what age that was because it was 70 and a half. Yeah. 
Then it went to 72. Even though it was it's, a weird half age, it was at least one age I to remember. I always call that the Friday night at a poker game. The IRS comes up with these 59 and a half, 70 and a half, Medicare 64 and a half, right? I, I like that how, image, a, by the way. Yes, that's funny. yes. Dogs at a poker table yes. with the IRS guy right yeah. there. Let's, yeah. let's do a half. I know, right? <laughs> right? Yes. That'll really frustrate yes, him. Just half a finger, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> confuse everybody. But uh, yeah, so RMDs have gone from 70 and a half to, uh, to 72 to 73 and now, uh, depending on your birth date, it's age 75. But the, the RMDs create a big challenge for individuals. And I think raising that age has enabled us to create some better tax strategies for our clients because we have more time to do Roth conversions Okay, okay before that RMD starts. And I have to tell you, it's amazing how many people get caught off guard. Most of our clients will come to us because they've retired and they're rolling a 401k or they've moved or they're referred. But, you know, in essence, everybody has an advisor at one point, right? Even if it was your 401k rep with Fidelity that walked into your office once a year, everybody's had some sort of an advisor. So we get the majority of our clients come from other advisors. And it's 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 interesting. I could say almost 100% of my clients are incredibly shocked at the amount of their RMD is going to be. Okay. So we actually forecast that for them. We can start as early as, you know, in your 60s and say, and it gets a little more challenging now because you don't have to take your RMD for so long. But we can forecast out what that RMD is going to be based on your budget, your social security, your expenses, rate of return, taxation, all of that, and get real close to telling you what your RMD is going to be. And most of my clients don't need their RMD. They really don't. And if they need it, they need a very small percentage of it. Mm. So if you have somebody that's got a $100,000 required distribution and they're already upset at the taxes they're paying, stack $100,000 on top of that. Raise that tax bracket by 10%. Mm. So what we try to do is really look at their overall situation, look at where they're going to be in the future. And we can do this with our, our technical planning you know, techniques that we use for time, yeah. for the time blueprint. And we can see what their R&D is going to be in the future. And that's kind of our, our formula that we use to, you know, for Roth conversions and creating tax-free strategies for them so they don't get hit with this huge tax bill, you know, out of the gates at 71, 72, 73, 75, whatever their birth date is. Yeah, so, uh, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. Well, I know we've just scratched the surface when sure. it comes to taxes. We'll have many more opportunities throughout the course of the podcast over the coming months to dive more into tax right. conversations, either get more specific, more examples, all that good yeah. stuff. Uh, coming up on the next episode, we're going to start talking about income and that part of the time blueprint process. So uh, be sure to join us for that. In the meantime, if our tax conversation today has given you any questions or you want to get some clarity around your financial goals, or meet with Frank Oliver and the Oliver Asset Management team to go over those things. A couple of ways you can reach out and schedule a free session. It can happen online via Zoom or so they can come by the office and say hello as well. Uh, you can schedule that by calling, of course, 720-897-8463. That's 720-897-TIME. Or a really easy way, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast app, just check the description of today's show and we're going to have a link in there where you can even book a session online from your smartphone or computer. Well, there you have it. A good first tax breakdown here on the Time Blueprint. Coming up, we're going to have a question from one of our listeners and viewers about taxes, so stay tuned for that. But up next, it's time to get to know Frank a little bit better. All right, it's time to get to know Frank. And on the last episode, Frank, we asked for your favorite movie or your favorite TV show as a kid. Right. So now we want to know what were your favorite bands growing up or as a kid? 
Yeah, well, I definitely was. Uh, I was definitely a rock and roller uh, when I was growing up. So I would have to say my two favorite bands. Uh, the first one would be uh, Guns N' Roses. Okay. And nice. uh, second, I definitely say would be Van Halen. So Eddie Van Halen is the all-time greatest guitarist. Nice. Was <laughs> that like first uh, first concert? Was your first concert one of those? Uh, Van Halen was definitely there. We went and saw uh, Van Halen. Actually, it was Van Hagar at that point. Okay. So David Lee Roth had left the band, and they brought in Sammy Hagar. And we got to see Van Hagar at Folsom Field in Boulder. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that that lit Boulder up pretty good that night. So oh, it was bet. a lot of fun, yeah, That's to be young great. again, right? Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> yes. Well, luckily, music like that can be timeless. And so I'm, I'm sure you're still rolling around listening to a little Guns N' Roses today, yeah. I imagine. Oh, oh yeah. you, you know it. Yeah, it's right. probably upstairs at the office right now. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Well, there you go. That's getting to know Frank Oliver a little bit yeah. better on today's show. Now we're going to get to know you a little bit better. We've got a good listener question today. Absolutely. Okay, so you can submit your questions online. You can go to oliverassetmanagement.com or again, just check the description of today's show to get in touch and we might feature your question on a future podcast. And so John Anthony's in Longmont and he says, I've heard that there's a way to have tax-free income in retirement. How does this work? It seems that all the money in my 401k hasn't been taxed yet. So I don't know how I'd be able to withdraw it without paying the taxes. John Anthony, um, very good question. Um, I think there's one technique that you can use that a lot of people miss, and that is maximizing or utilizing your full standardized deduction. So whatever your standardized deduction is, and that's different if you're married, single, and what your age is, a lot of folks will not take out enough money in their IRA or their 401k, their tax-deferred um, money, to fully take advantage of the full ta- um, standardized deduction. So I'm going to give a, an example because these numbers are going to change every single year, and it's different if you're married, single, or what you're, depending on what your age is. So let's say your standardized deduction is $25,000 as an example. Okay? Okay. Let's say that you need $20,000 in income in addition to your Social Security, but your standardized deduction is $25,000. You should literally go ahead and take out the full $25,000 because that full $25,000, now it depends on how much your Social Security is taxable, but that full $25,000 can be tax can be tax free because your okay. standardized deduction is going to eliminate the taxes on that withdrawal. So also if somebody's in a situation where maybe they're cash heavy, which I don't always think is a good idea, but your cash can work very well for you right now because it's earning about 5%. So if you're living off some cash, and you want another twenty or $30,000, take it. Use that standardized deduction. Because if you, if, you if you don't use your full standardized mm-hmm. deduction to offset that, those income taxes, it doesn't, it doesn't accrue on you. Yeah. You, know, you don't get that $10,000 stacked on next year's That'd deduction. Nice, so if you miss yeah. it, you miss it. And that's $10,000 you didn't get out. That's going to be taxable down the road. So utilize that. And if you're in a low tax bracket right now, do some Roth conversions. Do some Roth conversions. Your cost to getting money out of your your tax-deferred account is whatever your tax bracket is. The IRS owns part of that money. If you're in a 12% tax bracket, your cost to get money out of that IRA is 12%. If you're in a 22% tax bracket, your cost to get your own money is 22% because the IRS owns that Mm -hmm. other 22%. So if you're in a low tax bracket, get it out at 12% because you're not going to see tax brackets this low ever again. Makes a lot of sense. John Anthony, hopefully that gives you some insight onto that question. Great to just show the creativity that goes on whenever you start planning for people's taxes. And I'm sure when you then get into the specific situations, that's where the real fun begins, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we love to build these plans. It's great. Very cool. Well, if you want to come in for a visit with the team at Oliver Asset Management, all you have to do again is just click the link in the description of today's show, and you can schedule a time to visit via Zoom or in the office from your smartphone or computer. When you come in, you can pick up a copy of Frank's book, Your Time Is Now. 
understanding how taxes, income, money, and estate issues can affect your retirement. So get a little something to take home with you as well. And you can come in. If you come in person now. It's actually what I look like. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. I don't know if we can zoom in enough on the video podcast version. We've got the Frank Bobblehead here on the desk. Mike from the office. Yeah, yeah, we've got a mic. Let's let's do the, uh, there we go. He's he's got his head going now. Um, So you can come down. And now, Frank, people can come check out the podcast studio when they come visit. Yeah, it's very cool. Turned out nice. Yeah, very cool. Come get your picture taken with the logo. There you go. All right. We dove into taxes today. Thanks for the breakdown, Frank. And uh, next time we'll tackle income. Awesome. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Thanks Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Time Blueprint. Advisory services offered through Creative One Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Creative One Wealth, LLC, and Oliver Asset Management are unaffiliated entities. Licensed insurance professional. Respond and learn how financial products, including life insurance and annuities, can be used in various planning strategies for retirement. The information contained herein is based on our understanding of current tax law. The tax and legislative information may be subject to change and different interpretations. We recommend that you seek professional tax advice for applicability to your personal situation.